0: Everybody, we thank you for joining us tonight. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. And at this midweek time of word and worship, we pray that you would say. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him a shout right now. Oh, we bless the wonderful name that is above every name, the mighty name, the matchless name, the marvelous name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. The word of God tells us, amen, that that praise is comely to the upright. That means it looks good on us, amen? We look good when we praise God. We look like we're supposed to look, amen? We're smiling, amen? We're full of his joy. And he teaches us that he inhabits the praises of his people, amen? And we thank the Lord that truly he is good, amen? And he is worthy of praise at all times. In the good times and in the bad times. Amen. When we're up and when we're down, he is still the same God. Amen. He is still mighty to save. He is still the healer. He is still the deliverer. Even when things don't go our way. But there's something we need to understand. Even as we go into the word tonight. That he teaches us. And he wants us to know how powerful it is to lift up praises, amen, and also to speak according to his word and to speak his word over our lives and over our situations, amen. Right now, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, we thank you for this time where we have lifted up our voices and lifted up our hearts in praise. And we thank you, Lord, for this time of fellowship in your word. We pray, my Father, right now that the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. You are our strength. You are our redeemer. And surely you have created us to give you praise. And you have also created us to speak words of love over one another as well. Because the Bible also says that how can we praise God and yet curse man who is made in the image of God? these things ought not to be. Teach us, Lord, to speak according to your word and teach us to think according to your word that what comes out of our mouths, out of the abundance and the good treasure of our heart would flow blessing and would flow faith and would flow that which you would have to come out of us so that many around us might hear your word, might know you, and might be blessed. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you and we give you praise. Amen and amen. My message tonight is taming the tongue. What does that mean? Well, we all have a tongue, amen? And it does various things. It helps us to eat, it helps us to swallow, but it also helps us to speak. Amen? And in the context that we're looking at tonight, we're thinking primarily of what we speak, what we sing, and what we say. Amen? In Proverbs eighteen twenty one, the Word of God tells us, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now, I've read this verse many times. I'm sure you have, too. And I often wondered what it meant Uh, the part about they that love it. What do they love? Well, they might love talking. How many people you know that love to talk? Amen? Some people love to talk. Amen? So, know this tonight. If you love to talk, you will eat the fruit of what you say. Doesn't that make us want to be a little more careful about what we say, amen? Because there is a sowing and a reaping in our words, amen? It happens in the lives of parents and children. Things are passed down by words. Positive things and negative things can be passed down because, you know, children are very impressionable. They remember everything you say to them. You know how that goes, right? And I know that I can, and I'm sure you can, Remember things that your parents said to you when you were small, whether they were good or bad. Amen? Some of them you have grown into, and some of them you have had to grow away from. Amen? And overcome. Because a lot of us have baggage because of things that were spoken into us when we were young and impressionable. Amen? But God wants us to use words as he intended them to be used. So we're going to look at a little bit about how God uses words and also how the devil uses words. And that's going to help us to line up with how we want to use words. Amen? Why is what we say so important? People say talk is cheap. You've heard that, right? But according to the word of God, talk is not cheap. According to the word of God, life and death are in the power of the tongue. What we say is important because our words reveal our beliefs, our attitudes, and our heart condition. In Matthew 12, 35 to 37, we read, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. And we also know that the Word of God says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you know when you find that out? You find that out when you're in traffic and you're late. Amen? Not when you're in front of your boss or your pastor or somebody that you know you have to behave around. Amen? You find out when nobody's looking. Amen? but there's never a time when nobody's looking or listening because God is always looking and he's always listening. Amen? And he's the one whose opinion matters. He's the one that we should be worried about hearing what comes out of our mouth. Amen? Not that person that we're trying to impress. Amen? Because God knows exactly who we are and how we are. Amen? The word of God also tells us going on to the next verse, verse 36, that we are going to give an account of the idol. Do you know what idol means? It could mean careless, but it also means unproductive. An idle person is a person that does not do anything worthwhile. Somebody that just wastes time. Okay, idle words are wasted words. They could be words of condemnation. They could be literal curse words. They could be just negative, unbelieving words. They could be words that contradict the word of God. There are many types of idle words. But it says in verse 36, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Why is this so? Because Idle words waste creative potential. Words have creative potential. And we see that by the way God uses words himself. But a lot of times we don't think about what our words are creating. Words create thoughts. Words influence people. You can influence someone with your words without even knowing it. They may just be passing by and hearing what you're saying. Or you may be having a conversation that you think, well, you know, this is not an important conversation, but sometimes there are things that, that creep in that have an, an effect and an impact because whenever you're expressing yourself, you're, you're giving your worldview. You're giving your, your stance, amen? And sometimes we're even giving untruths and that can be by what we say. It can also be by what we don't say why are we justified or condemned by our words? Because the creative power of words can work in the positive, amen, and it can also work in the negative. We also speak negative words sometimes over ourselves. And sometimes we, we defeat ourselves before we've even attempted to fight the battle because we've already decided that it's impossible. We've decided that it's not worth the effort, amen? We, make, we, we fail at something, and we decide that it's not worth it to try again, either because we're embarrassed or because we're hurt or because somebody made a comment, amen? We really need to be careful with, with our comments because um, there are a lot of armchair quarterbacks, Amen? And we even find them in the body of Christ. They're, they're armchair saints that, that are on the sidelines and criticizing the people that are trying to do something. Amen? And we really need to, to put up our armor. You know, when we hear those things, when things get back to us that someone said, because, you know, people think sometimes that the person they spoke to won't tell anybody, but it doesn't always happen that way. Amen? Sometimes stuff gets back to people, and it can be painful and hurtful. So we need to have our helmet of salvation, amen? And we also need the, the sword of the spirit, amen, which is God's word, so we know who we are. But we also need the shield of faith, amen, to, to fend off those fiery darts, amen? Amen? those darts of unbelief, those darts of you're not going to make it, those darts of you don't have the money, amen, because God can supply the money. God can supply the connections. God can supply whatever you need to get you from where you are to where he wants you to be, amen? But we need to speak faith over those situations, amen? Mastery over our words, is a key to spiritual maturity. James 3.2 says, For in many things we offend all. In other words, we all mess up in many ways. But if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, a mature man, and able also to bridle the whole body. So self-control over your body begins with self-control over your words. Amen. Mm. Not sure how much agreement, amen. You know, you you can't you can't say whatever and expect to have self control in other matters. It all goes together. If if you lie easily, you're not spiritually mature. If it comes naturally to you to lie, that's a sign of immaturity. If you you tend to be critical, that's a sign of immaturity. If you say things that may be true but you say them to the wrong people, that's a sign of immaturity. There's a difference between constructive feedback which should be directed to the person that can do something about the situation and not with an intent to tear that person down or harm that person's reputation if you're, t- if you're talking to someone that can't do anything that is either not part of the situation or doesn't need to know, then that's not, that's not constructive, that's not building, that's tearing down. God is a builder. God's not a, a terror downer. Amen. Amen. We know who the terror downer is. Amen. God knows the creative power of the word, of the spoken word. The first word that we read in the Bible that God spoke was, let there be light. It was a word of creation. And the entire first chapter of Genesis we see, and God said, and God said, over and over again. He created the universe and everything that is in it by his words. Amen. And you know what the first word of the devil was? Hath God said. You find that in Genesis 3. I think it's interesting that you have 1-3 is the first word of the Lord. And 3-1 is the first word of the enemy. He said, hath God said. The first word was a tearing down word, a word of doubt, a word of unbelief that leads to disobedience, rebellion. Amen. Amen and led to the fall of the entire human race based on a lie. Words are important also because God means what he says. And he expects us to mean what we say. In Numbers 23:19, we read, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? The example that we see here is that our words should mean something. If we say we're going to do something, we should do it. There are times when we can't, but we should not flippantly make promises. We should not make promises that we're only about 50% sure we might do it if it's a A a sunny Thursday. We'll keep our word. Amen. But if it's a rainy Tuesday, we won't. God is dependable. Amen. We can depend upon his word. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. The old song says, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. Because God's word is true and it doesn't change. Because he didn't feel like keeping up his end of the bargain. Amen. I thank God that He doesn't sometimes not feel like keeping up His end of the bargain. Can you say Amen? And in the same way, when we say yes, we should mean yes. When we say no, we should mean no. And it's okay to say no sometimes. Sometimes you can't give people what they want, and that's okay. But be a person of your word. James 5, 12 says, But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth. You know a lot of times when people are lying, they say, I swear, I swear, right? They're trying to call on something because they know their own integrity is not there. But let your yea be yea and your nay, nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Amen? Now, Satan also knows the power of words. And he has an evil set of purposes for words. Lies. As we said, Genesis 3-1, the first word that the serpent uttered was, Yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? In John eight forty four, in the last part of the verse, it says, When he lies, speaking of the devil... He speaks his native language. That's what it says in the NIV. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Think about that. Lying is the devil's native language. What, could, what might we call that la- language? Devilish? So when, you, when you're lying, you're speaking fluent devilish. Amen? You're speaking the language of the devil. And did God really say that is an extremely common question today. And that question is the source of much of the ruin in our society. Hath God said. We need to come back to the word of God. Wherever you are tonight, you might be in the U.S., you might be across the world. But please, please get into the word of God. Find out what it says and walk by it and live by it. It is truth. It's not my truth. It's not some other person's truth. It's the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, not a truth, or a life. And he said, no man comes to the Father but by me. God has made the way. He's made one way, and that way is through Jesus. And he invites you to come to him as you are. Every fault, every failure, there is no one with breath in their body tonight that is beyond God's mercy. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how terrible the things are that you think you have done, things that you have been through. God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for you tonight. What is corrupt communication? Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Edifying simply means build up. Corrupt communication. Corrupt means rotten. We read that Jesus did not see corruption in the word of God, and that means that his body did not decay. So something that is corrupt is simply something that is rotten and useless. So the Word of God tells us that corrupt, useless, rotten communication should not come out of our mouths. That could be profanity, that could be lies, that could be contradicting the Word of God, words of unbelief, that could be words of rejection to a fellow human being made in God's image. There are many forms of corrupt communication but they should not be coming out of us. Gossip and slander. Proverbs 18:18: 18, 18, The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. People have left churches, people have left the faith because somebody else wounded them. It's very common. There, there are scores and millions of people. That, that there are even websites about church hurt. And that is a terrible thing. Church hurt should not be happening. Yes, there are misunderstandings, but we should be able to flow in love, amen? And because we're human, we, we, don't, we don't all see things exactly the same way, but we should not be slandering one another. We should be, not be telling one another's business. We should not be praying about it, amen, with people that don't know need to know about it. We need to cover one another. Amen. Criticism and complaining. Pastor's been talking about this. There there is, there is a way to deal with offense. And there's a way not to deal with offense. And the way not to deal with offense is to become critical and to become a complainer. Because God does not like murmuring. Again, we talk about constructive versus tearing down a situation. Numbers 14, 27. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? The people thought they were complaining about their leadership. But God thought they were complaining about him. And thus, judgment came upon them. Verse 28, say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears. God hears the complaining. He hears everything we say. Amen? Better to take it straight to him. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for grace. If you need to speak to someone about an issue, better to first take it to God. He will never turn you away. And he will not condemn you for that. The word of God tells us that if we lack wisdom, we should ask of him because he will give it liberally. Amen? And we read In the Psalms, how David poured out his complaint, but he poured it out to the Lord. He never complained about the Lord to other people. He complained to the Lord. He brought his petition, and he obtained grace. Amen? Criticism is a form of pride, because if you're criticizing, then then you are setting yourself up that you know better than somebody else how to do their job, or how to run something. Criticism is born from pride. And the word of God tells us that God resists the proud. So if you need to speak to someone, do do it in humility. And do it with the understanding that there might be things going on that you don't know about. Why things are a certain way. You might not know everything. And you might not be able to know everything. Sometimes we, we just need to leave certain things in God's hands. So the criticism we see leads to, to judgment. It, le- it, it led to a whole generation of Israel being kept out of the promised land. And What does that mean? It means they were stuck. If you're critical, it's a good way to stay stuck. Amen? Is everything perfect? No. Are there problems in organizations? Yes. But it's how we deal with them. It's how we go properly to authority. First, we go properly to God. We appeal to him in private. We take it to the Lord in prayer. Because if you believe that God cares and that he can do something about it, then he's the one you want to go to. Amen? Sometimes we want to fix things. But we don't give God uh, the space to move. Amen? Because we get impatient. We want things to change right away sometimes. Things take a long time. And sometimes God's time is way, way, way slower than ours. Amen? But he will answer us in due season if we faint not. Amen? What is God's purpose for our words? First of all, salvation. Amen? Romans ten eight to 10 tells us, but what saith that the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart? That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. We've got to believe, but we've also got to confess. We've got to speak it out loud. Amen? Now, the word of God tells us that the demons believe and tremble, but they don't confess Jesus. They haven't bowed their knee. There are people that believe in God, but they have not bowed their knee. So we need to not just believe, but we also need to confess that Jesus is Lord. I have sinned. I need a Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Save me. Deliver me. Set me free. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Amen. We also receive forgiveness of sins as we confess, 1 John 1 and 9 tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There are things that have to be spoken. Amen? If you've offended somebody, you you got to tell them you're sorry. Sometimes we like to, you know, Go around it, amen? Some, some of us have a rough time saying we're sorry. We may, we may give a little gift or something like that, amen? But some, some people have a tough time with apologizing. Excuse me, apologizing. Um, but it's necessary. Our mouths are created to give thanks and give praise to God. Ephesians 5.19, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We could talk a whole lot about singing and about why you need to sing. Amen. There, there are things even in, in natural biological terms that singing does for you. Amen. There, there's science around how just singing frequencies can, can help your body. Amen. How many of you have ever sung and stayed mad while you were singing? Think about it. Can you stay mad while you're singing? No. Amen? We are one of very, well, you know, a parrot can sort of imitate human singing, but we have a unique instrument Amen. You might not like your instrument. You may think you don't sound good. But when you're making melody in your heart to the Lord, you can can go off key a little bit. It's okay. Amen. You can get behind a little bit, and then you can catch up. God sees your heart. But you need to sing. Some Some of us have a tough time with singing because we're self-conscious. But don't be self-conscious. There is something about singing to the Lord that will free you and liberate you. Amen? It breaks bondages. Amen? I was walking down the street one time in the city, and um, I saw these guys coming towards me, and I, I, knew, I knew they were going to try to rob me. I just sensed in my spirit they, they, were, they were on either side of me, coming towards me. So I'm walking, I said, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. They just split. I walked right through them, kept on going. Amen. This is real. There's warfare in song. There There is deliverance in song. Amen. And if you let the enemy steal your song... You've let him have a foothold. Amen. Do not let the enemy steal your song. Sing when you're brokenhearted. Sing when you're down. Sing when things are going wrong. Amen. Read the word. Speak the word. When everything's falling apart. Because God will put you back together again. Amen. God wants to move through us in prophecy. Now, we know there, there's, there, there are off-the-wall prophecies. We know that. But God desires prophecy to come forth for building up edification, for correction, exhortation, and encouragement, and comfort. God has placed the prophetic gift in his body for that purpose, and we should not quench it just because some people misuse it, but we also need to judge it according to the word of God. That's, that's what the Bible tells us. Words should be used for teaching. We all don't know everything. We all have areas that we need to learn, and we can learn from one another, and many of us have wonderful wisdom, whether, whether it's gained through formal education or just gained through life, we all have something to share, amen? And the body of Christ comes together and we help one another by the knowledge that we have gained by sharing and not being selfish, but knowing that we can bless somebody else. And sometimes, you know, we don't, we don't really think that we have something to offer, but every one of us has something to offer. We all know something that somebody can benefit from. Words are used for evangelism. We should focus on how to share Christ verbally with those around us. Amen? But we also have to be mindful that they're hearing everything we say. So you, you, you can't be an effective witness if, if they hear you complaining all the time. Amen? This, these things have to line up. We need correction, we need encouragement. These things come through words, and sometimes, you know, there's sometimes there are things we don't want to say because they're unpleasant. Okay, but we can speak the truth in love. Some of us, some of us are stronger when it comes to speaking the truth, some of us are stronger on the love side. Amen. But God, help us to have balance. Amen. And one very important use of our words is the prayer of faith. Amen? We need to pray prayers of faith. And that is done as we speak. Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24 says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but he shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. You've got to verbalize your prayer. Sometimes we keep it all up in here. Amen. But we need to let it out. We need to lay it before God. Amen. There are two components of the prayer of faith. There's the faith, which we might call like the fuel. Amen. Say we have, um, you know, Say we have one of those propane torches, right? It's full of fuel, right? It's got a little nozzle on it. So there's a couple of things you need to do. You can't just expect it to burn if you don't open the valve, amen, and if you don't light it, amen? So we have our faith, but then we need a spark, and the spark is the word, amen? The word that we speak Mixes with the faith just like the oxygen and the fuel, amen. You got to put them together to get a flame, amen. If you just have faith but you never say anything and you never ask for anything, amen. Your faith just stays there in the tank. If you have a spark but no fuel, all you got is pst, pst. amen. Not very effective. You won't get much welding done with that. Amen? So you need the fuel, and you need to speak. Give it that spark that that prayer of faith goes forth, that mountain-moving prayer. Amen? So as we close tonight, I'm going to bring you back right where we started, but we're going to add a verse. This time we go to Proverbs chapter 18. We're gonna read verse 20 and verse 21. Verse 21 is really familiar, right? But look at verse 20. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. So, what you say feeds you. What you say Brings blessing to you. The increase of the lips. Praise, worship. Speaking the word of God over your situation. Affirming what God says about you, about your family, about your career, about your ministry, about everything that concerns you and refusing the lies and the doubts of the enemy. Amen? And not just doing it once, and not just doing it and stopping when you get discouraged. Amen? This is a walk. This is a constant discipline of speaking the word of God, of walking by faith and not by sight, because death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love to speak. Let's love to speak the word of the Lord. Amen? Let's love to praise God. Let's love to sing and worship. And let us be people that bless God and also bless others so that there's consistency, so that there's sweet water flowing at all times. Amen? And as we do that, We will be satisfied with the fruit of our mouth. And with the increase of our lips, we shall be filled. God bless you.